There's a, a man by the name William Booth. He was the founder of the Salvation Army um, Church. I don't know if Salvation Army is a church, but the Salvation Army. And um, he used to have a yearly meeting, yearly conference with his lieutenants or his, it's an army, so they use their rankings, his generals. So one of the days he was not able to go for the conference. So he decided to write a telegram to the conference as the keynote address from the founder of the army. And so they were waiting for the telegram. They, they, all the generals were sat down waiting. And when the telegram came, it was one word. And the one word was others. That's it. That was the message. You know, you think that for a keynote address, you are looking for like a five, six, ten-page document that will be read. No, he brought just one letter. Others. Look at your neighbor and tell them others. There are others who have not been privileged as we have been. But they are still human beings. There are others who need to be set free. They are in prison, not by bars or chains, but emotionally they are in prison. Psychologically they are in prison. You know, it could be financially or whatever it is, something has kept them in prison. There are others we can easily help. You know, there are adverts on TV. They say they bring a very anorexic looking, a very almost dying skeletal type of baby, and they say that two pounds a day will feed this child or will give this child portable water that will keep this child alive for a year or whatever. It is very important to note that what will keep somebody alive is something that you used to buy snack. Amen. What you will keep somebody doing okay in life is something small for you. It's like a pocket change, but it's very important. Amen. We must also understand that God thinks about others. In John chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus said that other sheep, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one, there will be one, there will be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. If you're looking for a test for my message today, it is Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through to 37. The Bible says that on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor 
as yourself. And you have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? If you're looking for a title for this message this afternoon, the title is, And Who is My Neighbor? Amen. Someone say, And Who is My Neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes and beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went, on, he went to him and bandaged his wounds and poured on oil and wine and put the man on his own donkey and brought him into an inn and took care of him. The next day, he put out two denarius and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I, come, when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you, have, you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. In the olden days, the main road that went from Jerusalem to Jericho was a windy, slope, slopey road. And it, because of its windy and dark nature, it was called or it was nicknamed the, the road of blood or the way of blood because there were a lot of robbers and thieves, highway robbers that used to hide and attack unsuspecting travelers on that road. Unfortunately, one, one such day, this man was traveling on that road and he fell among thieves. And they beat him, they stripped him, they did whatever they did to him. And you would have thought a priest, a man of God, a man with a color on, would have compassion. You would have thought that a man who is a representative of God on earth would be, if there is anybody, any of us who would have compassion on the poor, it should be such a person. After all, we, 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 we saw last week that the nature of God is to think about others. Isn't that true? We, 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 we saw from last week that God said, let us make man in our own image and let him have dominion. And we realized from last week that dominion means let them have responsibility over others. 
It was not to lord the power they have on the creatures that have been created or other people, but it was to use the, the power they have to help. It was to use the power they have to, to facilitate life for other creatures. Amen. But when Satan was introduced into the equation, we realized that Satan brought the spirit that we have all been grappling with ever since we were born to the day we die. And then that is the spirit of what? I said the spirit of what? I can't hear you. The spirit of the spirit of selfishness was what Satan or the, the serpent introduced to Eve. Has God said you should not eat any of the fruits on the, in the garden? Then he said, no, no, God says you can eat everything but just that one. Then he said, don't you know that God knows that in the day that you eat of this, this tree, the fruit of this tree, you will surely become wise and you will be like God. And the lady, uh, the woman, Eve said, hmm. And she looked at the fruits that it was good for food. One that will make you wise. She was thinking about herself. So she ate it. And that brought about the downfall of man. And last week we saw that Satan himself fell by the same spirit. How many remember the scripture in Isaiah 14. He said, you were one of the three. And then he said to himself, I will ascend. I will exalt, exalt my, the word exalt means to, I will lift up my throne. I will be I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. And then he said that I will be like the most high. I, I, there are five eyes. I will, I will, I will, I will. In just two verses, five of them. And I was saying last week that the most difficult human beings to deal with in life is a selfish person. The worst wife or husband you can marry is a selfish one. The worst friend you can ever have in life is a selfish friend. The worst neighbor you can live or be unfortunate to live around or live by is a selfish neighbor. The worst family member or sibling you can have is a selfish sibling. Hallelujah. The worst Church member, any pastor will be unfortunate enough to have is a, is a selfish person. The worst pastor a church will be unfortunate to have is a selfish pastor. Unfortunately, we are all born selfish. So for the rest of our lives, we have to fight 
against that spirit, we will grapple with that spirit till we die. Every time, every action, we must ask ourselves, is this action going to take me down the path of selfishness or is it going to take me down the path of God? We realized when uh, um, the, the, the one other lawyer came to uh, Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. That's the first commandment. And the second one is like this first one, which is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy analyzed Jesus' speech. And then he said, you have spoken well. I think it's true. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you will not, you will not do some things because you will not harm yourself. So you will not harm your neighbor. And Jesus listened to that statement and said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is about selflessness. The kingdom of God is about others. The kingdom of Satan is about selfishness. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Me, 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 me. I, 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 I. Me, me, me. You are a devil. I, 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 I. You always think about I. You always think about I. You see, I have to think about myself. I have to do this. I have to do that. If you have that mindset, Satan is in charge and is large. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I, I started from the premise that we are all selfish. Because nobody teaches a child how to be selfish. A one-year-old will never want to share his toy or her toy with another one-year-old. Even with a six-month-old. They don't know that this is a, this is a, a baby and I'm older, I'm a toddler, this is a baby. No, they will snatch it. They don't care whether the baby will hurt themselves. Because that toy is mine. Even if they, don't want, they are not playing with it, because somebody has grabbed it, they will fight for it. Hallelujah. So selfishness is inside of us. So I don't want you to think that you are not selfish. You are selfish. Even that, thing, that thought that has come to you that I am not selfish, is a selfish thought. Hallelujah. Set this year, so I have to behave myself. Hallelujah. So, rather, we have to find and make out reasons to help us not to be selfish. We have to fight self in life. We have to fight self so that we'll become more like God. Am I making sense to somebody? Yeah. There's a scripture that I want you to look at. Let's look at that scripture and then we'll continue. This is the nature of God. I want you to see the nature of God. In, in Matthew 5, verse 45 to 48. That you may be sons of your father in heaven... For he, somebody say for he. For he makes the sun to rise on evil and on good people. 
and he sends the rain to the just and unjust alike. For you and I, it is difficult to do good to evil people for evil people. Are you with me? For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do you even, don't even the tax collectors do the same? The, the word tax collectors is, is like a slang for sinners. If you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Don't even sinners do the same. Therefore, someone say, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect if only you allow your bowels of compassion, you allow your river to flow, you allow your sunlight to come out on the just and unjust alike. Hallelujah. Some of us, we don't know how to smile to strangers. It's very easy to smile at people you know. Even in church, you pick and choose people you talk to. Can you imagine if God decided to only speak to those who he knows and is comfortable with? Where would I be? If Jesus didn't love me, where would I be if Jesus didn't care? Where would I be if he hadn't sacrificed his life? Oh, but I'm glad, I'm glad he did. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. Don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why He came. I don't know why He sacrificed His life. been good. He did it. The, the, the scripture says that and God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners Christ died for us. He didn't die when we were good. He died when we were evil. Hallelujah. And we must learn to do the same. That is why I'm asking somebody to give your heart and cash to help the prostitute on the streets, the homeless guy, the guy strung out on drugs. Because somebody came for you. Is there anybody in this room that somebody came for? Somebody showed the love of God to you. And that changed your life. Somebody helped you when you are not deserving of help. And that's all we need. That's what Christianity is all about. When you can extend the same hand. How many know that 
Jesus is not coming to the earth in his godly form when you are here. Bible says the last the last uh, three verses in Luke the Bible said he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit and he said to them that now you be my disciples go and do what I have done go and disciple the world go and show the same love I have shown to you go and show it to others how many know that when he fed the 5,000 when he fed the 5,000 he didn't look to discriminate to see whether they were members of the church or not he just fed 5,000 because they were there those who were even passing by got food to eat those who were there to criticize his preaching also got food to eat those who were there who were trying to throw stones at him also got food to eat how many of us will feed our neighbor who is always being nasty to us Let me give you five reasons why we must become the same-minded. Five reasons. Then we go home. Is that, is that okay? Oh, I said, is that okay? Five. Just five, quickly. I'll just list them and then we can go home. Five reasons why we must think about others. Five reasons. Number one. Others also exist who need our help. Amen. In Exodus 3 verse 7 and 8 then the Lord told him I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt I have heard their cries the cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes I am aware of their suffering so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land that flows with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites now live. Hallelujah. They were in pain, they were suffering, but what they didn't know was that God had seen their suffering and God was planning a way of escape for them. Are you with me? There are some people who are sitting in some bad situations as we speak now and the plan of salvation by God is in the process. And you see, when God planned the salvation of the Israelites, he had to go through a man he went through Moses. He said, I've seen the afflictions of my people, so I've come down to save them. How are you going to save them, God? I've come down to save them through you, Moses. And Moses said, I cannot do it. I'm a young person. I, am, I, I, I don't have, I can't speak. I can't do this. Now he started to give all his frailties. And all the frailties and excuses that Moses presented, God 
counteracted each of them. Eventually, Moses was used by God to do what he had said, to set the Israelites free from the hand of the oppressors. Beloved, if God is going to do the same, God is going to use your hands. I say, God is going to use your lips. God is going to use your, your charity, your benevolence. God is going to use your kindness. God is going to use you. Beloved, now are we ambassadors of Christ. As if God was in reconciling the world to himself through us. My prayer is that we will not be that selfish Moses. We will not be that selfish. There's a guy in the Bible when God came and told him that I want you to go and prophesy against Nineveh. Bible says that and Jonah entering a boat headed towards Tashish headed the opposite direction these people don't deserve my time I hate them more than God hates them I'm not even going to waste my energy if you destroy them, thunder them with, fire them with thunder and leave me alone He ended up in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights for God to bring him out and bring out the good part of him. The part that obeys. The part that goes and thinks about others. He struggled in, 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 the, in the process but in the process of time he did what God has sent him to go and do. I'm praying for all of us that, listen, we need to think like you may be the Moses God is using. You may be the Jonah that God needs. Others exist who need your help. There are some Israelites that are held captive by Egyptians. There are some people in Nineveh who are about to perish and they need your voice. We can't afford not to speak about the word. Number two. Reason why we must think about others. The thought of others releases the key to supernatural blessing in your own life. When you think about others, your promotion comes out. In other words, your promotion is hid inside the benevolence towards others. I think Seth is a very good example. I hope you don't mind me using you. Okay, so this young man, this young man saw a lot of children, babies being born dying needlessly in hospitals in a certain country. And so, he, as a journalist, he took it upon himself to do something 
to help the government to build a department that will help well stock with incubators and stuff that will help to bring up children uh, to bring up the survival rate of uh, premature babies and in doing so how many awards did you win I think you should get a microphone you can you can preach your message better than I can preach it come and preach with me You have to go the same pace as I'm going. Okay, go on. So we brought down the mortality rate to about from seven, from from we were they were losing approximately um, four babies a day. They were losing four babies a day. So let's say even even if they were losing one a day by 365 days, so in a year. So multiply that by by the many years it started. We like 35 years yeah. ago, but now that has reduced, they are losing about just a baby a day, that one under some weird circumstances. Mm -hmm. But it has drastically brought down the mortality rate. Uh, we are getting more of them alive today. And how many awards did you win for that? Rabbi can't count. <laughs> oh no, share, share with us um, like a few of the promotions. I, I won the overall best journalist in West Africa with that. I won the overall best journalist in health with that. I won the best Ghana Journalist Association Award with that. Um, I won the Global Health Contest in the US with that. Um, no. of, of, of you see, in this church, when you are sitting by somebody and they are joking, you don't know who they are. You can easily be deceived. Because <laughs> when you see, they don't come with a Kuntakinti type of dressing. No, no. They are all, but they are, they are sharks sitting next to you. So be careful how you treat them. Can you, can you, can you imagine that in his care for others, and who are some of the prominent people you have met through that? <laughs> I've, won, I've met um, Secretary Kerry, John Kerry. Yeah. Um, President Obama's foreign secretary. I've met the first daughter of Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Uh, I've met Anne. Yes. Princess Anne. Yes. I've met, as for President Plenty. You have met pre a lot yeah. of presidents. I've <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the grace of God, I've, I've met people. I'm in touch with people. And you see, now what he has is something money cannot buy. It's true. And that's the wealth of having a benevolence. No, I've forgotten the name of goodwill. That's the word I'm looking for. He has goodwill. If he needs favor, to Buckingham Palace, he has access through goodwill. If he wants to go to America to do something, he has access to that place through goodwill. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That is, some, that is something that money doesn't give you. But it came through thinking about others. None of the babies will say thank you. 
You, your babies were delivered okay. You paid for all your... Yes, Rev. All your babies. Yes, Rev. <laughs> Put your hands together for him. I didn't know he was coming, but you fitted straight into the message. Hallelujah. So you see, you don't know what your salvation, your, your, that deed will mean. There was a, a, a queen, Esther by name, who was in the king's palace. Remember, Esther had come to replace Vashti. And Esther's uncle Mordecai said to Esther, there is trouble brewing in the horizon. They are trying to annihilate all the Jews through Naaman's, Haman's uh, plot. So go and speak to the king. And then she started talking about protocol, how you don't just go to the king. If he doesn't lift his scepter, you can easily lose your head. She was thinking about her neck. And Mordecai, the uncle, said something. That don't you know that God has brought you here for such a time as this? If you fail to lift up your finger to help, Help will come from somewhere else. God will find a way to save the people. But know that you will not have any part in it. I am saying that to you today. That if you fail to lift up your finger to help. Help will come from somewhere else. But you may not have the part in it. Don't you know that Vashti was put down so that you will be exalted. Because of the help that you are about to give to the Jews. You didn't qualify to be even in the contest. Hallelujah. Lend a helping hand. Help a brother out. Help a sister out. There are some people sitting here. Your wardrobe is full. There are some clothes you haven't worn for five years. You have seen a sister who wears the same clothes to church every Sunday. Why are you so selfish? Why don't you bring those clothes and bless somebody? Why don't you say, hmm, I feel like taking you shopping today. Is that okay? Can we go? Okay, Martina, come. You brought yourself. somebody to take this girl for shopping because she says she wants to go shopping. <laughs> and I want them to buy her how many outfits? Five outfits. Who will do that? I want to know whether you the sermon has worked or not. Otherwise, I'll continue for another hour. Who is going to do that? Okay, so that brother is going to do that. So go and see him. Get his name. He's buying five outfits. Who knows? Go, go. You keep going. <laughs> Who knows? All right. So, come and sit down. So, Alice is working. 
Because you see, Christianity is a, is a lifestyle. It's not a religion. We don't come to church for a, We come to hear something that will change our behavior. So when you hear a message and it doesn't change your behavior, then you have had a religious activity. Are you with me? Because you wouldn't otherwise have thought of buying clothes for a stranger. But because of the message you have heard, something has to move. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Quickly, number three. Let me give you two. The, 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 I will list them, then we go. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Number three. Sometimes life happens. The reason why we must think about others is because sometimes life happens. Someone says life happens. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 12, the Bible says, Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As a fish is caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Hallelujah. Tragedy can strike at any time. Maybe today you are on top. Today everything is all right with you. But you don't know what tomorrow will bring. So why don't you buy spiritually insurance for your future? So that if you sow help, you will reap help. So when you lend a, a helping hand to somebody, if it is not you, maybe your son. I remember one day telling my wife that if anybody asks you for help, do it. Yeah. Because do you know that it's not easy for somebody to come to you to ask you for help? It's not easy. Because it means the person has swallowed their pride. It means the person has the thing that is they are in need of is so pressing and so hard that their own might cannot do anything for them. So when they come and ask you for help, don't be those type of people you even listen to what they are saying. Say, I, do, I can't do it. I don't have it. That is the Eve spirit. If I give you, I won't have. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let's learn to understand that this man who was walking from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho life happened to him. We don't know how wealthy he is. We don't know his pedigree. We don't know his uh, nomenclatures. We don't know what he has done in life. We don't know what he is, who he is, and all the things he has. But for some reason, life happened to him. Something happened. And he found himself in an unfortunate situation. It could have been you. It could have been me. So why do you pass by on the other side? Why do you walk and take your eyes off the victim that is lying there? And he's on his way to church. How hypocritical. I pray that you and I will be different. Sometimes when you are coming to church, somebody is sitting by. They need encouragement. They need somebody who encourage them. Maybe you cannot encourage them. You can say, come, let's go to church. I'll pay your transport. 
bring them to church. Sometimes all they need is to sit by somebody. Because the whole, uh, what do you call it? Whole week, they haven't sat by anybody. I remember in our church in South Africa, we decided one day I came and I said to every owner of a car in the church that from today, you are not going to wash your car at home or wash your car in any car wash. I gathered them all in, a, in an office and I had a meeting. I said, I am begging you from today, nobody should go to any car wash. And they all agreed. And I said to them that we have some homeless people that we bring from the streets to church every Sunday. So when they come after church, they wash your car. And when they wash your car, we are going to pay them three times what the car wash people pay. And they all agreed. So what we used to do was every people donated clothes. So we had clothes that were we had and we had showers. So the homeless people would come to church. They come early morning. Church starts at 10. They come around 8. And they come and have a shower and change their clothes. And come and sit in church. So you'll be sitting by a homeless person, you never know. Dressed all nice, smelling all nice. And after church, he would, they will go and wash all the cars and we'll give them money. Our church grew, grew so, so many time, more times because these guys, it became something they used to fight. When the, the buses, the two minibuses we take to town to get them, they used to fight to get on the minibus. Because when you get on it, you know that you are sorted in terms of having a shower, you are sorted in terms of uh, change of clothes, you are sorted in terms of having pocket money for the week. And I told blessed of the Father, we are going to do that here. We have, that's what they were saying, that we have to do showers. They are going to do showers here. We are going to have clothes. So we'll bring them, they will have a shower, and we'll find a way to bless them. How many of you think it's a good idea? Listen, Christianity is not just about sitting, sitting in church and having praise and worship and then hearing a nice sermon and going home. It's also practical. Amen. Oh, I said amen. How many have been blessed? How many points have I given? Hey. Some say three, some say four. Number one is what? Sorry? Number two? Number three? Number four? When you think about others, you store up treasures in heaven. In Matthew 6, 19 to 21, it says that do not store up treasures on the earth where moth and vermin destroys, but and where thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven where no thief break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Hallelujah. When you give to the poor, you give to the homeless, you are storing up treasure in heaven. And where your heart is, there will you be. 
For some of us, our heart is in uh, I was going to say Balenciaga, but I don't want to be seen to be picking on people. Amen. Yeah. Store up treasures in heaven. How do you store up treasures in heaven? Number one, you store up treasures in heaven when you share food with the less privileged. Luke 14, 12 to 14. Jesus said that when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or brothers or sisters and your relatives or the rich neighbors. If you do so, you, they will invite you back so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they will not repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Hallelujah. Number two, when you give your all, to the house of God, you open the windows of heaven. Because part of what the house of God is, our money is being used for, is to bless the homeless. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, the Bible says, Jesus sat down at the opposite place where the offering was being put in. And watch as the crowd put money in into the temple's uh, treasury. Many rich people came and threw large amount of money, but a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, "Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others, and they all gave, for they all gave out of their wealth, but she." Out of her poverty, she put in everything. And all she had to live on has gone into the treasury. Amen. When you give, you also empty your life from greed. Luke 12, 15 to 21. I don't have time to read it. But it says that a man's life does not, uh, it does not depend on the abundance of his possessions. Amen. Your life doesn't it depend on how many shoes you have. Hallelujah. How many will agree that lockdown taught us that we don't need much? A lot more than we thought. How many will agree? Lockdown, did lockdown teach you that? That some of the things we buy is, is, is frivolous. Most of us were in uh, track bottoms and t-shirts for a whole year. No haircuts. Bob Marley and Bob Malina. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you learned something? Okay, let me give you the last one. The, having the mind of Christ. When you give to others, you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but he came down and suffered for others. That's the mind of Christ. And that's the mind you and I have to have to think about others. Stand